Hello, space fans. I'm Astronic, your virtual NASA Solar System Ambassador. And welcome back to Astromedy, a space podcast. I hope you're all doing well. Uh, I'm doing much better. Um, I've finally recovered, uh, not 100%, but I finally recovered from the main parts of COVID. Uh, I still have a, what's called after COVID, as what people who've had COVID are telling me that that's what this is called. Uh, so it's pretty much just some side effects. Uh, I cough violently for about 20 minutes in the morning, and then I'm good for the day. It just gets it all out. And then uh still get a little tired. Uh, you know, I feel like I just want to nap, but I can't because I've gone back to work, which was nice. Uh, I got a warm welcome back to work. Very positive. A lot of people happy that I'm back so they could stop doing all the work <laughs> that they've had to pick up. I was gone like, yeah, I won't go back. And uh, then they don't talk to me anymore. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, thank you for the welcome back. Uh, happy to be back. Uh, so yes, recovered. Uh, we'll, we'll see how much fatigue I really have when I play hockey on Tuesday. So um, aside from doing the astronomy stuff in my spare time, I play hockey. Uh, one of my favorite sports. Um, my favorite sport, actually. Uh, I'm very big on winter sports. So I love hockey. It's an out, you know, derived from an outdoor game playing out on the pond, frozen ponds. And of course, I love skiing and I love doing things outdoors in the winter. So hockey falls right into that category. Uh, but here we are, summer in Florida. <clears throat> so I, what I do is I have a hockey net on the other side of my pool, and I'm just playing waiting game. But <laughs> that won't freeze in Florida. That doesn't work. All right, before I dive into my next topic, or the topic of the show, which there really, really isn't a topic, uh, we're just going to talk about some random cool things about space today. <clears throat> and again, I apologize. I'm still clearing my throat. I'm still, like I said, still got the after COVID. The after COVID, and then, you know, once the after COVID is gone off, the after after COVID. And then by then, I'll get COVID again. <clears throat> it's never-ending cycle. Uh, I want to thank everybody who's subscribed to the podcast. I've got a lot of subscriptions on iTunes and Spotify, and uh, anybody who's so far listened to me blab away about space. And for those who have shared it, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, it really means a lot to me. I think I found it... Uh, you know, something I really enjoy doing is we're only, this is the fourth episode, we're only four episodes in, and I have overwhelmingly positive response to this. When I launched the YouTube channel, uh, it's got to be almost five years ago now, four years ago, when I launched my astronomy web series, uh, the, the feedback, <laughs> all while it was positive, there was a lot of heavy uh, constructive feedback and some criticism on how I can make the, sh you know, the show better, uh, why my sound, the volume isn't good, or, you know, why isn't it as good as Neil deGrasse Tyson's Cosmos, etc. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't have the kind of money that, you know, Fox and National Geographic put out. Um, yeah, I shelled out a lot of money for that, uh, to get a lot of access to some royalty-free content and licensing, and of course, the software that I'm using to edit, yeah, that, I... I put forth a lot of money to make that stuff happen and I use them as all educational videos I, I don't I still haven't re seen anything close to compensation for it uh, even though one of the videos qualified for it I turned it off because I used it as a um, as a NASA solar system ambassador event and only one video came close I think it was the first YouTube video I did um, about the sun which I'm actually redoing 
because we've there's some updates and plus I've gotten a lot better at editing and doing it. So if you watch the very first episode of my web series and then you watch the last one that I did, um, you'll notice a vast difference. I've gotten a lot better at being in front of a camera. I got a lot better at editing um, and so forth. But the podcast has been overwhelmingly positive. Uh, so thank you. Um, I have not had any constructive feedback. That does not mean I'm opening the door for constructive feedback. All right. This is a very relaxed podcast. Um, like I mentioned, that's why it's called Astromedy, because uh, I like to joke a little bit. And uh, I don't, you know, as serious as space is and as serious as I take it, um, this is like a platform for where it's, you know, not as serious, a little bit relaxed. You can learn something fun and learn something exciting and laugh. And, you know, it's not, not as serious. So thank you. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to Amy Oliver, uh, who is known as the Nerdy Astronomer. Uh, so please follow her on Instagram, Facebook at Nerdy Astronomer. Amy is a uh, real astronomer. Gets you know she that's her job, uh, and she's amazing at it, and is always involved in really cool projects. Um, you know that 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 help shape our uh, our understanding of the universe. She uh, she plugged my podcast on Facebook. So thank you, um, for, for plugging and telling all of your fans, um, to listen to me blab. <laughs> so thank you, Amy. Amy is the uh, host of a monthly event called Librations, where uh, I am one of many of the participants and we drink and discuss, uh, things about space. Uh, it's, you know, it's usually, um, it's not a, a streaming, it's, it's on zoom. Uh, so when we do do it, we share the link. You can join us. You can talk about it, You can ask us questions. Uh, we want as many people as possible to join. Uh, we've, you know, we've seen uh, some new faces over the last few times we've done it. Uh, and uh, we, we haven't done one uh, in a few months. Everybody's been busy this summer. Um, I, I know Amy had an event in, in June up in the D.C. area. That took a lot of time. And I actually wanted to go participate in that. Uh, instead, I ended up. Uh, participating in the, the, the Grand Canyon Star Party that happened at the same time. Uh, and I can't be two places at once. Um, but, you know, I got to go to the Grand Canyon Star Party, and um, I participated with uh, a friend of mine, Vanessa, who's uh, also a NASA Solar System ambassador, who, who also joins us for Librations. Uh, so we, we, we network together when we do these. Uh, so we, I want everybody to come join us for our next Librations, uh, which will probably happen sometime in August. Um I don't think July is going to happen, which is fine. Uh, we're all busy. Take a little break. Um, and when the next one, you know, w when it's organized, I'll, I'll shoot out the details. I, I hope uh, we get a lot of people to join. Come ask us questions. Um, or we just end up, you know, drinking and talking about space, which is still fun. Uh, but we like fielding questions. Uh, and we like talking about, you know, exciting things. So, if, you know, if you've never joined it, feel free to come join ask questions, or you don't even have to ask. If you want to just listen to us talk, that's fine too. Um, but we like to be interactive. We're a friendly bunch. Uh, so look for details on the next event soon, uh, either August or September. I, I uh, hope we're back chatting about space soon. Okay, um, let's. I'm, I'm, like I said, the, there's really no topic uh, for today's show, but I'm going to talk about a few things. One of them is uh, the James Webb Telescope posted another photo, and uh, it's uh, an object that's relatively close to home. Uh, and when I mean close, it's Jupiter. So the James Webb Telescope uh, took some data, posted its most recent photo of Jupiter and the moon Europa. 
is seen just to the left of it. Now, what's really cool about this photo is you can see really good detail of uh, of Jupiter, its bands, uh, its great big red spot. And if you look at this photo, so I'm looking at the photo right now. If you Google it, uh, it'll come up. It's the photo of Jupiter. To the left of Jupiter, you have its moon Europa. It looks like a bright star the way uh, the way the, the picture came out, but it, it, it's a moon. It's one of Jupiter's moons. And if you look next to the great big red spot, you'll see a circle. That's not another moon. That is Europa's shadow shining on Jupiter's atmosphere. That's incredible. That's really, really awesome to see in this, in this photo. And here's a fun fact. If you're looking at the great big red spot, uh, I know it's very literal. That's how we are in astronomy. We, we just take things and we just call them exactly what they are. There's no name other than Jupiter's great big red spot because it is a great big red spot. If you're looking at that red spot, that's about the size of our planet Earth. Um, that's how big Jupiter is. That's how massive Jupiter is. So the great big red spot is this ginormous hurricane-like storm that is going on on Jupiter. And it's about the size of Earth. So if you want to compare our home planet to Jupiter, that's the size of it. That's how massive Jupiter is. Big, ginormous, giant gas ball that's, you know, in our solar system. And this is a really cool picture. So uh, fans of Jupiter will recognize some familiar features about it. Um, it. It's awesome. It's awesome. And if I'm being... So when I mentioned the Great Big Red Spot, it's not as... It's slightly bigger than Earth. Um, you could fit Earth inside the Great Big Red Spot. Let me clarify that for everybody. Um, so when I do talk about space facts, uh, sometimes I might be slightly off, uh, but you'll get the real thing in about 30 seconds because I realize it. I'm one of those people that realize if I made a mistake that I'll immediately correct myself or if I'm spewing the wrong information at first. Um, my friend Jeff, childhood friend of mine, he, he's known that quirk about me for you know, we've been friends since I was five years old, so that's, what, 30, we're at 32 years of friendship. Wow. He's known that quirk about me. So whenever we're together and I am and I make a mistake mid-sentence, he doesn't correct me. He waits, you know, until I do it. And then he laughs when I correct myself. And then I appreciate that of him. And I wish more people did that as opposed to correcting me. Just I'll figure it out in less than 10 seconds. My brain operates that way. If you go to NASA's website, nasa.gov, and you look up the James Webb Telescope images and you pick up this Jupiter image. Uh, there's some other images that, um, that the, tele, the data posted. There's other moons in some of these infrared images and you can see them, these dark spots. And uh, that's just really cool. I, I'm, I cannot wait for more images of this telescope to come out. That's, it's just really awesome. I'm so glad that NASA did all of this. Uh, I also mentioned in the last podcast, which was 100% about the James Webb Telescope, is that it's going to you know, do further things than it could have Hubble. So I just posted a picture of my story uh, on Instagram, a little comparison about the James Webb Telescope and, and Hubble. And this photo is a really cool photo because it breaks it down uh, in like little sections. So it's got the Hubble Space Telescope and the James Webb Telescope uh, in a column called Present Day. And then it's got a little arrow that shoots across. And every other column you've got, you know, modern galaxies in form uh, or modern galaxies form. The first galaxies form. And then you have the first stars form. And then the last column is the Big Bang. And so Hubble goes about the middle, just past the middle of the second column where our modern galaxies are formed that we can see today. And the James Webb Telescope goes all the way just almost to the last section of where the Big Bang started. So the James Webb Telescope is going to look at the first stars forming. That's the range of it. It's 
more than double of the Hubble Space Telescope's range. So th this picture kind of breaks it down what the purpose of the James Webb Telescope is, how far back in time it's going to be able to see by collecting data of looking at lights and how we can try to understand a little bit more about the universe, how it formed. Uh, we have a pretty good idea of how the universe is going to end, but the good thing about astronomy is that we're always changing things because we're always learning more. So what we knew 30 years ago about the universe is different than what we know about today and so forth. So in 10 years, we're probably going to learn more about the universe. I'm hoping we can learn more about dark matter and what role it plays in our universe and we can continue moving forward. Uh, so that's a really cool thing. Good, good space fact. Speaking of space facts. So if you've been following me for... I've been doing the astronic thing for, I am in my fifth year now, so well. Wow. Fifth year anniversary is actually coming up very soon. Uh, I started this in 2017, right before, about a month before the Great American Solar Eclipse. And that was when I took my opportunity to get involved in this because at that time, everybody was interested in astronomy. You know, we were going to have a solar eclipse that went across the entire country. Uh, the path of totality was a very small spot. Uh, I drove down to South Carolina to see the path of totality, to see the eclipse in full. But everybody in the country was interested in astronomy at that time. And I took that opportunity. I started, um, you know, Astronomy by Astronic. Didn't call it that. Uh, didn't come up with that name. Uh, and the name for myself. I picked my own name, sorry. Uh, it was the only name that I thought rolled off the tongue. Uh, I don't even remember what I tried calling myself. But uh, Astronic seemed to be the one I fell in love with. When I started doing, I called it Nick Whiteman Astronomy because, you know, I had very little imagination with that at the time. When I started it, one of the things that I wanted to do is I wanted to talk about real things. I didn't want to talk about, you know, science fiction. I didn't want to spread false information. No fake composite pictures, nothing like that. Artist renditions. I wanted hard, cold space facts. And a former colleague, uh, when I worked in Philly uh, at my current company we have what they're called thank you cards and we hand out these thank you cards to thank people for you know assisting with us or doing a good job it you know boost motivation I get very little uh, <laughs> no that's not true I get a lot uh, where I work now when I worked in New York I never got one not the, I got them on my very last day probably because they're all happy to see me go uh, <laughs> but uh when I was in Philly I got a yeah, it, it's well known that I'm a space enthusiast. I've got a thank you card from a you know coworker of mine who shares a very similar passion um, in photography, uh, has a, a very liking for astronomy, and actually spent time in my favorite state uh, from Arizona. So when uh, we first started talking, we, we we seemed to have a lot in common at the so talking about all of this. And uh, one day she asked me to just tell her a space fact. And that said, every day I want you to tell me something different about space. So when I, you know, I'd come into work and she'd say, hey, Nick, what's today's astronomy fact? And I would come up with something off the top of my head. And then one day I'm checking the thank you card board. And in my uh, little bin where they put the thank you cards, I have one from her and it's got an astronomy fact on it. And it was really cool. And I thought it was just awesome. How this person went out of their way to do this, this astronomy fact. And it, it made my day, actually made my day. And it gave me an idea that I need to do this every day. On At the time, I only had a Facebook. I didn't even have Instagram yet uh, on my Facebook page. And I was going to post an astronomy fact. And I called it the astronomy fun fact. And I did the astronomy fun fact every day 
for about three and a half years. I think it was around the pandemic is when I stopped doing them regularly. Uh, and there's a reason. Uh, I do every one by hand. Uh, I don't pull facts off Google and copy and paste a picture. I make the picture. I type in the facts. I save the picture. And then I post it. And there's a lot of time. That's <laughs> very time consuming. The average astronomy fun fact, the average picture looks like a meme that it would take me around four minutes to do. And back then, I did most of them on my commute to work when I worked in New York. Uh, to commute nine miles to home, it would take me an hour and tw- about an hour and ten minutes. So I had a lot of free time. Uh, so on the subway and on the trains home, I would just do as many fun facts as I can uh, to kill time. And I, I, I don't like just being bored. I try to find a lot of use for my time. I can't read. I don't like listening to music because then my senses on the subway are gone because they're now, you know, I'm not paying attention to my surroundings. So I never listened to music, but I always had my headphones in so nobody bothered me. But I was creating fun facts and still being able to listen to everybody's conversations around me. So it's been a while since I've done them, uh, but I'm very keen on them and I want to start doing them again. When I went to the Grand Canyon uh, last month, they have, um, you know, the gift shop and there's a section for, you know, space enthusiasts and dark sky advocates. And there was this book there called Facts from Space by Dean Regis. I, I hope I pronounced your last name right. That's how it looks. That's how I'm going to say it. If Dean ever listens to this and wants to yell at me for mispronouncing their name, please feel free to do so. So Facts from Space, it's an autographed copy, by the way. I, uh, that's really cool. Dean Regis. Facts from Space, from super-secret spacecraft to volcanoes in outer space, extraterrestrial facts to blow your mind. Um, the reason I bought this book is because I like collecting astronomy books, but the Facts from Space book is literally just a book of space facts. This is like the book of astronomy fun facts, except that Dean took it and published it and is making money off of it. And me, i just getting you know likes when I, <laughs> when I posted mine. But they're just almost identical to what how I look for astronomy fun facts. And they're all facts. Um, you know, this is not somebody, it, you, I can take this fact and publish it. Uh, I'm not going to take the book and publish it. But what I'm, my whole goal was to take these facts, learn more about them. This way I can tell people more about space. And rebirth the astronomy fun fact. So I would like to start doing that. I'm going to utilize this book as my material because there is thousands of facts in this book. There are 200 and... <laughs> Uh, it. 237 pages and the average has four facts yeah every page has at least four facts on each page so that's a lot of space facts on here and they're very informative so i'm gonna start doing that again so <clears throat> here you know what Let, let's read a fact from the book the average temperature on mars is negative 60 degrees fahrenheit Once the sun sets, the heat escapes the thin atmosphere almost instantly. The lowest recorded temperature on the Martian surface was negative 166 degrees Fahrenheit. So, if you uh, plan on a trip to Mars, uh, bring a jacket. It gets a little cold at night. Uh, That's a cool fact. And then uh, the one right next to it, men are from Mars. Are we? Are we really from Mars? Uh, I never understood that. The symbol for the planet Mars is the circle with an arrow sticking out of it at a diagonal. This is also doubles as the symbol for the male sex. I did not know that. So maybe that's why men are from Mars. See, look at this. We're learning stuff here. Cool book. Um, so a little bit about the author. Dean Regis has been an astronomer uh, for the Cincinnati Observatory since the year 2000. And he's the co-host of the syndicated astronomy program Stargazer since 2010. 
In addition to his work for the Sky and Telescope magazine, Dean has also written for the Huffington Post, the Cincinnati Inquirer, and Astronomy Magazine. So I'm learning a little bit more about Dean. Uh, I did not was not familiar with Dean or any of his work until I looked at this book, but he uh, seems very involved. Um, so I'm going to take a look at some of his material later on based on that book. Um, and then look for the Astronomy Fun Fact to eventually make a return. Uh, again, what's cool about Facebook, I can't do this with Instagram, even though they're the same company, owned by the same company, is with, when I go onto my Facebook, I can set up uh, a Facebook post in advance. So what I would do is I would, every day at 12 o'clock, I would schedule a post for the Astronomy Fun Fact. So when I, I would try to make as many as 30, um, well, not 30, I only did it Monday through Friday. I took the weekends off. Um, <clears throat> so it's banker hours. The astronomy fun fact has banker hours and sometimes off on holidays. Uh, I would I would post them in advance and get them scheduled. And um, I would do other things, space news and you know, uh, the astronomy photo of the day. I'm not as active on the Facebook as I used to be. I've now been able to hook up my Instagram to my astronomy Facebook page. So whatever I post on Instagram automatically gets posted on my astronomy Facebook page. Um my Instagram also serves as my personal because I'm not creating two Instagrams. It's just too much. So sometimes in my stories, you get a little bit of personal astronic. Uh, you're just going to have to deal with that. Anyway, feel free to give me a follow, STR0. Um, that's astronic. Uh, some cool stuff. Let's talk about NASA. I am a NASA Solar System Ambassador. I love discussing things about NASA, and I got some cool stuff about NASA right here. So <clears throat> for the 10th consecutive year, the Partnership for Public Service has ranked NASA the best place to work in the federal government amongst large agencies. All right, NASA, congratulations. Um, Ten consecutive years that NASA has been ranked the best place to work in the federal government. That's awesome. I, I can't imagine working in the federal government and it being a desirable place to work, other than when I think about NASA. And that's probably because we're working on space exploration and science. And other government agencies really don't necessarily tend to do that depending on what agency it is um, you know the environmental protection agency obviously they're working at science and technology but nasa yes congratulations so for the 10th consecutive time nasa has been named the best place to work in the federal government amongst large agencies by the partnership for public service this is only possible because the nasa family which empowers our agency to continue achieving monumental milestones that shape history and benefit all of humanity i am deeply proud to be part and represent such a creative and talented workforce. And that quote is coming from NASA Administrator Bill Nelson. And it's a really good article right here, and they talk about it. There's a complete list of rankings for best places to work, but NASA's number one. All right, congratulations, NASA. Um, very, very happy. Um, we're a very good place. Uh, I don't Again, I don't work for NASA. Strictly a volunteer. Uh, as a NASA Solar System Ambassador, it is a volunteer program. Uh, if you are a space enthusiast, science educator, uh, particularly involved in space, and you want to become a NASA Solar System Ambassador, in about a month and a half, we are going to open up applications to accept more Solar System Ambassadors. So come join us if you really want to. Once we get closer, I will plug that. We are always looking for more space enthusiasts to help communicate science and technology uh, to the public, especially kids. We, we got to hit them early uh, with science and technology, and we want them to grow up to be scientists. Um, it's always cool to become a basketball player. I mean, I wanted to be a basketball. I wanted to be a hockey player or a baseball player or an astronaut, and I failed at all three. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, 
So, yeah, not talented enough to play hockey professionally. I'm barely talented enough to play hockey amateurly. My God. Um, baseball, I stopped playing when I was 18. A lot of politics involved in high school. And then I tell everybody that I am too tall to be an astronaut, which is now not the truth. Uh, I now have the physical qualifications to be an astronaut, but not the mathematical qualifications. Who would have thought that math would be the universal language? I would have paid a lot more attention when I was younger. I, I just wanted to get through it. I hated math so much because I had a hard time under. I realized about everything that I've learned in my entire life that I start understanding things differently uh, because I'm involved. I, I like the involvement of it. So talking about astronomy, uh, it's all math. All math. My very first, I took an astronomy course as an elective thinking I'm going to learn about stars. And the very first the very first assignment I had after reading the introduction was algebra. Everything involved in this in that course is advanced. Well, not really advanced, but it's basic algebra. And I was so turned off by it. I was like, you got to be kidding me. And then it hit me that I got to accept that, that, you know, astronomy, science is all math. It's, it's a cooler form of math, <laughs> but it's all math. And then I opened up a science book um, <clears throat> by uh, Dr. Michio Kaku, one of the only uh, people in science, famous people in science that I have not met yet. He's the last one that I got to get a picture with. I got, I mean, you know, met, hung out with Bill Nye, met and hung out with Neil deGrasse Tyson, got my photos with them. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's far more friendlier than Bill Nye. Um, not saying Bill Nye's not friendly, just Neil deGrasse has a, a lot more. Neil deGrasse, Dr. Tyson, sorry. I'm not his best friend, so he's still somebody I've only, I've only met him twice. He is, uh, <clears throat> Bill, Bill Nye is not as charismatic, as I should say, as Dr. Tyson. Um, still a knowledgeable guy, um, and, you know, it was fun to hang out with him for a little bit. But uh, Dr. Michio Kaku, I have not met yet. Uh, he's a theoretical physicist uh, based out of New York, uh, teaches at the College of New York. I believe that's where he still is, uh, as a professor. You've seen him if you've watched, you know, anything on the Science Channel or space theme related when they're talking to scientists. He's the, uh, he's Japanese. He's got long white hair, uh, and he's very, very knowledgeable. He's always on CNN, Fox News. He's always on the news shows talking about science. He's the only one I have not gotten my picture with or gotten sat and had a science conversation with. So hopefully one day I will make that dream come true. Now that I'm no longer affiliated in New York City, I have lost a lot of networking capabilities. So it's going to be a little bit harder to do that. Everybody else I got to hang out with in New York when I, when I was there. Life was good and expensive. Uh, at any rate, uh, I was reading his book, and he started talking about math. I think I was maybe four pages in. Um, the book... If I turn around, it's called Parallel Worlds. Um, and he started talking about the math of, you know, of science, astronomy, physics. And I understood it. I couldn't believe it. When he's putting a math formula in front of me and I'm reading it and I go, wait a second. I understand this. What is going on? And then as I got through the rest of the book, there's a lot of math involved. I understand it 100%. And that's when I realized, and I read this book a long time ago. That's when I realized is that math is easy. And you can understand it if you're interested in understanding it. So when I was in you know grade school and even high school, I it just didn't come naturally to me because it seemed very difficult, and I thought a lot of it was pointless. You know, I had 
in a high school, I didn't see why I needed to learn calculus. I'm like, why, why am I learning this? What am I going to do when I get out of here that I'm going to do advanced calculus? Uh, if I had sat and learned and how to not fail that class, maybe I would be a real astronomer instead of just a space enthusiast and an amateur astronomer. But at any rate, uh, if it, it speaks out to me. Um, and there's a lot of books you can read, uh, you know, by Dr. Mitchell Kaku, Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, Chris Impey, uh, who is a astronomer, teaches at the University of Arizona. He's got a few books, and he breaks everything down that you can understand it. Um, so you don't have to be a math wizard to understand, you know, how space and physics and science operate uh, in the mathematical language. Uh, very cool stuff. Um, I'm going to end the podcast. I've been talking for a half hour. I try to keep this around a half hour. Um, didn't have many topics to talk about today. I just want to talk about some cool things. Uh, you get to listen to me. It's like a filler episode. You know, we're halfway through the season, and you know, after that third episode, oh, I can't wait to next week. You get a filler episode. This is probably it. This is probably the filler episode. And it's Sunday, and uh, I got things to do. I'm trying to cut my grass. It's really high. Uh, but yes, love talking about space. We'll talk more about space next time. Uh, probably the end of the week will be you know another episode. And we're going to talk about a lot of cool things. You know, we've got um, SpaceX launching more stuff to the International Space Station. Uh, we're going to talk about the commercial, the commercialism of space travel, and how interested are you into paying lots of money to travel to space? Well, we'll talk about that actually on the very next episode of Astromedy. Uh, until then, uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, it's been a blast. Uh, if you have not subscribed to the podcast, please subscribe to it. Uh, this way you get di uh, updates when I launch a new episode and feel free to visit me at, at astronic, A-S-T-R-0 on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and then astronic.com. Thank you guys. Be curious, be creative, and always look up.